Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the final hour of power here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham taking you up to 10 o'clock before we dish things over to CBS Sports Radio. Big thank you to my guy JP Acosta joining me in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversations with JP, uh, make sure you download the podcast once the show is over uh, to get the latest on JP and his time out there in Vegas at the Super Bowl. JP was kind of being, I think he was in an airport, so I'll give him I'll give him benefit of the doubt. It was probably the most noisiest, distracting interview I've ever participated in since I've been doing this thing. But a lot of good insight, a lot of good nuggets. Wanted to have him on. He was being modest about what he got to do. He interviewed Jalen Waddell. He, he got to do a film breakdown with Miles Garrett. I believe he talked to C.J. Stroud. So he was a busy, busy man out there in Vegas, and he's trying to currently get back to Jacksonville, where he resides at uh, <laughs> for the rest of the offseason. But I want to switch gears here a little bit. We talked all things Washington Wizards and the big monumental sports move that is happening but isn't happening, but it's going to happen maybe if they get enough money. But I want to talk about the commanders and some of the hires that they made here on Monday. It was a pretty active day for the fellas. Fresh off the Super Bowl, they're back in town. I believe they started having meetings this week in terms of uh, doing their self-evaluation and still grinding the tape and figuring out what happened with last year's group. But they made a pretty significant hire. We know Cliff Kingsbury was hired to be the offensive coordinator. We know they brought in uh, former Eagles OC Brian Johnson to assist on the offensive coaching staff. We know quarterbacks coach from a season ago, Tavita Pritchard. He was retained by the staff. The next most important hire that you have to make is what I like to call the fourth coordinator. That offensive line coach is so vital into the success of a football team and how your offense works and how the running game marries up with the passing game. It, it is a huge hire to make. And when you look at some of the great offensive line coaches throughout the NFL that have come through here, and Joe Bugle uh, and Chris Forrester and, and, and uh, Callahan, that matters. That, that group, that position group is so important, and, and the offensive line coach is so important in terms of blurring – the line between the skill guys uh, and the offensive line. Washington decided to make that all-important hire this afternoon, and the name that they went with has the Twitter police completely in a frenzy. The Washington Commanders end up hiring former Giants offensive line coach Bobby Johnson. Now, 
<laughs> I'm not even trying to start laughing. People were ticked. I was honestly left scratching my head and a little bit confused. Bobby Johnson, formerly of the New York Giants. The New York Giants coming off a season where they finished second to last. I was going to say they finished last. Second to last in the NFC East. And their offensive line allowed the second most sacks in NFL history this past year. And they played three or four different quarterbacks. We saw, uh, 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 what's his name, Tommy Cutlet or Tommy DeVito. We saw the veteran, Tyrod Taylor. They started the season with their $180 million man, Daniel Jones. He tears his ACL and is on the shelf for the rest of the year. So there were three or four different quarterbacks under center for the New York Giants. And that offensive line gave up the most sacks in the National Football League and the second most sacks in the history of the National Football League. That's the offensive line coach that's coming here to Washington. And I honestly didn't know how I was going to come at this tonight. As I've said all offseason, I'm at the mercy of the evaluator, right? Adam Peters, uh, Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, all the decision makers on that side of the football. If they've decided Bobby Johnson is the best guy, then so be it. So be it. I just can't unsee how bad the Giants' offensive line was this past year. I I just can't. It's hard for me to wrap my head around all of it. But I understand that maybe it was on the talent. Maybe the talent wasn't good enough up front for the Giants. Maybe it's not all on Bobby Johnson. But I just look at what the Giants have done up front over the past couple of years. Evan Neal is a first-round pick that has been an absolute disaster. Andrew Thomas hasn't been able to stay on the field. They drafted Will Hernandez a couple of years ago. John Michael Schmitz was their, was their offensive line selection from this past year's draft, the center out of Minnesota. He was okay on the year. I just, I just don't know, man. It's a tough sell. If you're a Washington Commanders fan, I understand if you're a fan of the burgundy and gold out there, if you are not moved by this hire, I, I completely <laughs> I completely understand where you're coming from if you're upset by this thing. The Giants offensive line hasn't been very good. The guy that's been leading their group is now in charge of our group here in Washington. So a couple of more numbers on Bobby Johnson and, and his offensive line. The interesting thought about all of this is Now that Bobby Johnson has been hired, Washington now has coaches from the other three teams in the NFC East. So in terms of getting intel, I mean, you can't, you couldn't have done a better job if you were Dan Quinn. You got a coach from each of the teams in your division. And it's not like you just got any old coach. You got three coaches that were in prominent positions of power in the other organization. Bobby Johnson, because... He was the offensive line coach, probably understands from an X's and O's standpoint, right, what the Giants are trying to accomplish. That helps you moving forward. Because guess what? Saquon has run rough shot over the Washington Commanders defense since he's gotten here to D.C. So that there's that, right? Brian Johnson coming over from Philadelphia. He was super instrumental in the growth and development of Jalen Hurts. And that Eagles offense, he was their play caller this past year, for crying out loud. He knows the personnel there in Philadelphia just about as good as anyone could. So I think that 
is a sure benefit and a sure positive for bringing him over. They bring in Joe Witt, the pass game coordinator and the secondaries coach from Dallas. He is now going to have tremendous intel on what the Cowboys want to accomplish defensively, not to mention Dan Quinn is here as well. and He was the defensive coordinator, but you, but you get what I'm saying here. While the track record for Bobby Johnson is horrible, <laughs> horrible, I might add, maybe, maybe he provides some insight into the Giants running game. Maybe Washington wants to take a page out of the Giants running game. Maybe it's a weight step. I don't know. But at the end of the day, whew, I don't I don't quite understand the Bobby Johnson hire. I just don't. Now, the Giants did run the ball pretty well uh, against Dan Quinn's Cowboys teams, which, which should matter, uh, I guess, right? I saw this is from our guy Mark Bullock, who does tremendous X's and O's work across the pond. He said Dan Quinn's defense totaled 20 sacks over the four games he coached against Giants. He, he coached against Giants. Johnson's offensive line with the Giants in the last two years. So maybe he's trying. I don't know. I can't really justify the hire. I'm not going to lie. There is silver lining, though, with all of this. It's not like Bobby has just been a horrendous offensive line coach the entirety of his career. He was formerly with the Buffalo Bills, and he came over with that staff when Dable and company took the job in New York. Now, as the offensive line coach of the Buffalo Bills, Johnson had them humming in his final season. They were the 10th best offensive line in the NFL via pro football focus. So th- there's that. Right? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm personally flabbergasted. I'm trying to not be funny about the situation, but I don't really get it, if I'm being honest with you. Especially considering how important the offensive line hire was. This is like a fourth coordinator. And to get a guy that doesn't have a good track record or, or to get a guy that's track record has been shaky over the past couple of seasons, I don't know. Especially when you consider the regression Evan Neal took this past year. There's just a lot of red flags about the hires, how I'd put it. And that being said, Bobby Johnson can come here and the offensive line could be a top 10 group in the National Football League next year. That is all more than possible of a situation. But at the end of the day, they hire Bobby Johnson former Giants offensive line coach to be the next offensive line coach here in Washington. They also bring on Ken Norton Jr. to be the linebackers coach. So Dan Quinn's staff starting to take shape uh, here in D.C. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, let's look at all of Washington's options at the quarterback position. There's about five or six different ways they could go. We'll sift through them all here next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One zero one 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. About a half hour left to go on this Monday night edition of Overtime. We'll take you up to 9 o'clock before handing things over to CBS Sports Radio. Quick trip around uh, the district here real quick. Wizards in action. First game going up against former uh, Wizard Daniel Gafford is there in Dallas taking on the Mavericks. Rashawn Holmes making his Wizards debut tonight as well. 534 left to go. In the first half, and the Wizards just continuing to play strong basketball, man. 39-37 lead over Luka and the Mavericks. The high scorer right now for Washington is Kyle Kuzma. He's shooting the ball well, 4-6 from the field. But I think the bigger takeaway from the Wizards and what they've been able to accomplish here over the past six or seven games, they're playing a lot harder. The effort is there. And we're starting to see a change in the guard here as to what type of team... This is going to be. Now, I do want to give this quick, small update. Bilal Koulibaly right now is scoreless. He's got six rebounds, though. He's taken the most shots of any wizard here in this first half. And that is what matters. He's 0 of 7, I might add. But it's the fact that he's getting more aggressive in taking those shots. He had a career-high Friday night in Boston. But as I mentioned, I was at Cap 1 Arena on Saturday and just talking to Bilal and off, off the record, of course, and a bunch of different guys uh, throughout the locker room and throughout the, the organization, it seems like there's a breath of fresh air now that the trade deadline's passed and they understand who's going to be here with this group long-term. The trio, though, of Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, and Bilal Koulibaly, three of the team's four past first-round picks, they're playing just out of their mind right now. And if there's any reason for optimism for this season, if there's any reason for you to feel like them being 9-43 and 43 is acceptable, what you've seen from Bilal Koulibaly, Denny Avdia, and Corey Kispert uh, has been phenomenal. Now, Corey tonight, Bilal tonight, a combined 0 of 10 and 0 of 4 from beyond the arc from both of those guys. But the fact that they're taking the shots, the fact that they're being aggressive on offense has been amazing. Corey Kispert is, and I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this properly, of all guards in the NBA, I believe Corey's got the highest two-point field goal percentage. So, a guy that's known for his ability to stretch the floor, what he's done attacking closeouts this year, putting the ball on the deck, and then not only putting it on the deck, but being able to finish over the trees and the paint has been super impressive. He's got a contract extension that he's probably going to be wanting to ink this summer. We just saw Denny ink a $55 million deal earlier this summer, so he is someone that definitely needs to be in this team's plans long-term. The big question that I think, we have with Corey in the next step of his game that we need to see is him be able to defend at a high level. Now, I've been someone that's been championing for him to get 30, 35 minutes a night. 
It's hard to ask him to do that, though, when you consider the toll that it would take on him defensively. And It's something where he's just got to get better at it. He can jump with the best of them. Lateral quickness, though, is probably an area where Corey Kisper struggles, but I'm not trying to focus on the, the, you know, the, the weak spots in Corey's game. The trio, though, of Bilal, Corey Kispert, and uh, Denny Avdia has just been super impressive, and I think if there's anyone out there trying to find a silver lining as to why this season is acceptable to this point, I think those three are the big reason. I know we talked to Scoop on Friday night, and he kind of gave us some insight as to why the Wizards chose to stand pat at this deadline. I understand it. I'm not going to you know, cuss people out on social media the way some of you all do out there. I just understand both sides of it, right? You got to keep some veteran presence in your locker room. Tyus Jones has been nothing but the consonant professional since he's gotten here, and he's playing good basketball. So I understand them keeping him around. You have sign and trade potential this offseason, or you can decide that you want him in your plans long term. The DeLone Wright one I didn't really understand at all, and I was talking to someone from DeLone's camp on Saturday, and they told me straight up, yeah, we are surprised that we are still here. And look, the NBA is a business. DeLone has been a professional. Um, I know Kuz is happy he's still around, so someone that you know he's very familiar with growing up. But look, it kind of is what it is to this point, right? DeLone's here still. Tyus Jones is here still. Kuzma's here still. You know who you are, though, the rest of the way. And I think the most important thing, no matter win, lose, draw, tie, however, as long as you're still seeing steady growth and development out of Denny Avdi or Corey Kispin and Bilal Koulibaly, that's all you can ask for. And I'll be honest with you, all three of those guys' development has been impressive, right? Bilal continuing to make strides on offense. Uh, he had a highlight reel alley-oop dunk on Saturday over Tyrese Maxey. So he's continuing to, to make tremendous strides in this game. But what I'm seeing from Denny Avdia, I think is probably the most impressive thing of all of this. Taking the challenge this offseason to go get stronger, coming back, playing 6'8 is probably what's most impressive with him. He's playing like he's 6'8. He's finishing through contact. He's improved his three-point shot. That's that's what you want out of guys that you draft. You want the opportunity for them to continue to grow and develop, and it damn sure feels like that's happening with Denny Avdia, and I love to see it from him. The big question I have with all three of these kids is what ultimately is their ceiling? What can they develop and grow into? Are they starters on championship teams? Are they just role players on championship teams? That's the big question. And which we'll have to, you know, figure out and decipher here over the next several months, which is part of why I wanted to see some of the veterans get moved just so we can get a bigger sample size and more action and more opportunity for Denny, for Bilal, uh, and for Corey Kisper. So that was my wizard. I'm back. We'll follow through on the tease I had earlier. Let's explore all of Washington's options at the quarterback position this offseason. When we come back, we'll let you hear from our pal Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo of NFL Network. They gave their two cents as to what they're hearing about the quarterback position in Washington. That's next here on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. one 800 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Line. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Want to start peeking ahead a little bit here at the offseason for the Washington Commanders. A lot of big-time decisions to be made from a stadium standpoint, from a uniform standpoint, from a name standpoint. But ultimately, the biggest decision that has to be made is quarterback. And there's a litany of different ways Washington could end up going uh, at the quarterback position. I got about five or six listed right here. But before I even get into that and what the different options are, understand, and if you've been listening to overtime this offseason, I'm going to sound like a broken record. We are at the mercy of the evaluator. No matter what you want to happen, odds are what you want to happen isn't going to happen. But that's okay. Because when you're a team trying to pull yourself out of the gutter the way Washington has been you know, for the last 20-plus years, you got to go against conventional wisdom sometimes. And I know the Dan Quinn hire people were upset with. I was kind of baffled by the offensive line hire. I'm tired of winning the damn offseason. I just want, I want to do whatever produces the best results. And... Watching the Super Bowl yesterday, and I started the show off with this. Watching the Super Bowl yesterday, I think, first of all, it was a damn good game. Both defenses played well. Both quarterbacks did good things for for their teams. But I think what stood out the most for me is that it's not some one-size-fits-all to address quarterback in the National Football League. There are so many different avenues to acquiring an NFL quarterback. You don't have to draft one in the first round. Look at Brock Purdy representing the Niners in the Super Bowl yesterday. This is Mr. Irrelevant. Pick number 253 last year. Started in the Super Bowl this year. But they insulated the roster around Brock Purdy. On the flip side for Pat Mahomes, Brett Veach and company decided a couple of years ago, seven seasons ago, that they were going to lock in and do whatever it takes to end up with one Patrick Mahomes. That's what their pre-draft process led them to do. And it worked out for them. Three Super Bowls later, Pat Mahomes is on his way to being considered one of the best quarterbacks ever. He may be put on the Mount Rushmore of, of best athletes ever. I think he's that damn good. But it's two teams that went on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, right, to try and solve their quarterback issue. And I always like to look at this thing big picture because folks are going to say, well, Brock Purdy wasn't really supposed to be the starter. It was supposed to be Trey Lance. They traded up for Trey Lance. How did that work out for them? See what I'm saying? Adam Peters in the past five years has constructed two 
different Super Bowl rosters in San Francisco. Both of them, both of them had a later round quarterback under center with Jimmy Garoppolo previously and then this past year, uh, Brock Purdy. So there's clearly more than one way to do it. That's, that's what's being proven here. That's what's most important about all of this. With that being said, Washington has the number two overall pick in the draft, and it feels like many people expect them to use that draft pick on a quarterback. What I'm here to tell you is that we're at the mercy of the evaluator. Expect the unexpected here. There are so many different options Washington has to explore when it comes to upgrading the quarterback position. There's so many different ways they could ultimately go. I want to let you hear from Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network giving their two cents on what they've been hearing about how Washington will ultimately address quarterback. Take a listen. Here is my understanding of where it stands for the Chicago Bears. According to sources, it would take a historic haul for the Bears to move off the number one overall selection. Something wild. Not saying it could not happen just like it did last year, but something crazy would make this happen. So where does that leave the Washington Commanders? Right now at number two with a new regime. Dan Quinn, the the head coach. Uh, Adam Peters, the new general manager. But also Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator. And many have noted Kingsbury spent last year with USC. We do expect, and many around the league expect, the Commanders to at least check in with the Bears to see what that historic hall would be, as you see Cliff Kingsbury right there. Ian, you talked last week about Magic Johnson being one of the people that recruited Cliff Kingsbury Mm -hmm. to come to the Commanders after he decided to not go with the Las Vegas Raiders. Not only did they go there contractually, I'm told they also communicated to Kingsbury, we'll do as much as we possibly can to get the quarterback that you want. So if it's Williams, they'll try to get to Chicago at number one. But if not, Drake May from North Carolina is certainly a possibility there, and they're comfortable with him Mm -hmm. potentially. That's Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport laying out one of several different options Washington has when it comes to the quarterback position this offseason. And as we finish out the final 20 minutes or so of this program, I want to go through each of those options. You just heard Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport say that, and this is the reporting that we got this weekend, Chicago expecting a historic haul to move off of that number one overall pick. And that reporting, those terms to describe this means one of a few things to me. One, that pick is 100% up for sale. That is Ryan Poles and the Bears' way of saying, look, yeah, we'll move off of it, but you got to give us a lot. There was questions all week, all draft season, all offseason about whether that pick would even be available. For them to say it's available for a historic haul is all you need to know. It's all you need to know. It is an option for Washington. The question is, does that option make the most sense? And according to Adam Schefter, who you probably heard from earlier today, if you listen to Grant, Danny, or B. Mitch and Finley, he said yesterday on you know ESPN's Super Bowl pregame show that Washington was reluctant to give up Massive draft capital to go up to trade for that number one overall pick. But he did say that he expects Washington to inquire about trading up for that number one overall pick. So if you're keeping count here, that's two major outlets, NFL Network and ESPN, confirming that Washington will inquire about trading up to that number one overall pick. 
And now when I say that, I don't want you all to start getting frustrated and go, oh, I don't want him to trade up at all. It costs too much. They're inquiring, as they should, right? What's been the phrase of the offseason? There's been two of them. We're at the mercy of the evaluator and leave no stone unturned. If you listen to me, I've been saying the same damn thing since December. It sucks. I'm tired of it. But that's where I stand with all of this, right? Ultimately, you got to find a long-term answer at quarterback. But as I always say, right, you got to be Beyonce crazy in love to take a guy at number two or to have the stones to trade up to number one. That process starts this week. Talking about evaluating the draft prospects and the draft and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, that is one of many different options that Washington has. And I know people feel like this is the most likely option. Let me just get this out of the way. There is no such thing as a most likely option here. We don't know what Adam Peters and company is going to do. We can go off this track record, which is very interesting. Because like I said, he has constructed two Super Bowl teams with later round quarterbacks. And he's also tried to trade up for a top five pick. That was fresh off of their last Super Bowl loss. They go up and try to get Trey Lance. We see how that's worked out. So clearly, right, if you are Adam Peters and company, You're going to take this process very seriously. You're not going to leave any stone unturned. You're going to vet every possible option here at quarterback. The main two that we've discussed here is trading up to number one overall and then staying put and taking a quarterback number two overall. When we get back, I'll lay out the other options that Washington has at the quarterback position, including a mock trade from earlier today from our friends at Pro Football Focus. All that and more next on the fan. One final segment here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. You tapped into the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking up to 10 o'clock when we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. We'll look at the different options Washington has at the quarterback position going into this offseason. I know everyone's hell-bent on the first two options that we gave, and that's staying put at number two overall and drafting a quarterback. Then there's also the option of trading up from number two to get to number one overall, to get the quarterback of your choosing, whether that's Caleb Williams, whether that's Drake May, whether that's Jaden Daniels, you would have your pick of the litter, though, if you moved heaven and earth to get to number one. Those are the two options that people deem to be the most likely. I think that's crazy. But there are more options that I think Washington could ultimately go with here. There's also this option of trading back from number two overall. And still selecting a quarterback in round one. And our friend Trevor Sycamore over at Pro Football Focus, Tampa Bay Trey, someone who's a regular uh, contributor to this program. We've had him on a litany of different times. I tried to have him on tonight, but he's he's all tied up. He projected a big-time trade for Washington. So Washington obviously has a number two overall pick in this draft. This latest draft that uh, Trevor put out for Pro Football Focus has the Commanders trading back from number two overall all the way back to number 12 overall. Number 12 overall is where the Denver Broncos are selecting. In this deal, Washington, 
would give up the number two pick in exchange for the number 12 pick in this draft, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and a 2026 first-round pick. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a deal you probably shouldn't be turning down if you're the Washington Commanders. Now, in this particular draft, this is the way the thing goes here. The Broncos take Drake May at number two overall. Jaden Daniels out of LSU goes number three to the Patriots. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes number four to the Cardinals. Romo Dunze goes number five to the L.A. Chargers. And I'd throw up if I was a Chargers fan. Drafting a first-round wideout in consecutive years is just malpractice. Number six is where we see our first offensive tackle off the board. That's Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. Number seven is where we see our second tackle off the board, J.C. Latham out of Alabama. Number eight, Dallas Turner, the edge rusher out of Bama, goes to the Falcons. Number nine, Malik Neighbors goes number nine uh, to the Chicago Bears. And then number 10, the Washington Commanders. Huh? How are they back on the board? Trevor Sikama has projected that the Commanders trade back to 12 with Denver. And then... They trade back up to number 10 with the New York Jets. So in this deal, Washington would get the number 10 pick as well as a uh, 2024 third-round pick. They would send to the Jets pick number 12 and pick number 40, which is a rich pick for Washington in the second round. And in this situation, in this scenario, Washington ends up taking... Sorry. J.J. McCarthy. Michigan quarterback. And the reason I've almost vomited into the microphone is because why the hell I, I don't see how J.J. McCarthy goes in the top 10. I don't know what NFL talent evaluators are saying out there. I don't know if someone's trying to do a favor for Coach Harbaugh, but what has J.J. McCarthy shown you in two seasons in Ann Arbor that he is deserving of being not just a first-round pick, but a top 10 pick? I mean, come on. It, it doesn't make sense to me. How can you be willing to bank on a guy leading your franchise when you've never seen him do any of the things you're going to ask him to do? That's what I don't get. So this is one scenario that Washington has. I wouldn't do it this way in particular, but it's a scenario. They trade back from two and still end up selecting a quarterback in the first round. I don't think that it would be. I can't even say that, I don't think, because I simply don't know. And I think that's the thing I'm trying to harp on here more than anything. We simply don't know what Adam Peters and company are thinking. But I do know this. The option of trading back from number two is a lot more realistic. It could end up being a lot more fruitful than us fans want to give it credit for. And here's why. Think about why Adam Peters was the most sought-after talent evaluator on the market this offseason. Because of his ability to collect talent through all seven rounds of the draft, particularly on day two and day three, what he's been able to do has been just uber impressive. So trading back from number two and selecting a quarterback in the first round, I think is a real possibility. The question now becomes is how far are you willing to move back? So in this mock draft that uh, PFF just put out, they only have, ooh, they only have three quarterbacks going in round one. Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. That's five quarterbacks going in round one. 
if you trade back from number two, trading back to 10, this initial haul that they get back from the Jets, where you get a third, an extra third thrown in there for moving back eight spots, I don't know if that's enough. I just don't know if that's enough. Oh, here, here, here we go. I'm, I'm reading the wrong trade details. Okay. So this is what the initial trade would be to trade back. Washington, if they move back 10 spots and go all the way to number 12. And by the way, if you go back to number 12, I still think if you're a fan of Michael Penix, you can get him. If you're a fan of Drake or, or, or Bo Nix, you still should be able to get him. But in this trade back, Washington gets the number 12 pick, a 2025 first from Denver, a 2025 second from Denver, and a 2026 first from Denver. If that is not enough for you to trade back, then I don't know what you all are expecting. Other options that Washington has here, obviously, a quarterback. Trading back and not selecting a quarterback in round one, in that scenario, you trade for a guy like Justin Fields, or you can trade back from number two, take the best player available, and then give Sam Howe the option to compete with someone. That's taking a quarterback in round two, three, four, you name it. At the end of the day, though, the big point here, the big picture, is there are so many different options to exhaust at quarterback if you're Washington that it'd be crazy in February to be thinking that you have a hunch on which way they're going to go. Buckle up. The pre-draft process is going to be a monster. We have all gears of it covered for you right here on The Fan. That's going to do it, though, here for this Monday night edition of Overtime. If you want to keep the conversation going with me on Twitter, it is at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. CBS Sports Radio, up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.